Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Dear friends, welcome to the liturgy of the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time. Last Sunday, the pastor, Father Sergio, addressed us from afar with comforting words as a caring shepherd who thinks of his flock despite the distance that separates us. We saw the encounter that led to the healing of Bartimaeus. The significance of this healing is the light that the Christian receives at baptism. At baptism, our eyes are open to understand what it means to follow Jesus. Bartimaeus threw his cloth and followed Jesus immediately after his sight were opened. He understood what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. A couple of Sundays ago, a young rich man confronted Jesus with the all-important matter of what he must do to inherit eternal life. Today, it is the expert of the Jewish law, known as the scribes, that sucked Jesus' audience with another mind-bogging question about the greatest commandment. The Jewish rabbis have up to 613 precepts of the law. 248 of them were command, commands and 365 prohibitions. Moses at Mount Sinai had a summary version known as the Ten Commandments. To ask the commandment that is the first implies the parent commandment from which all others could be deduced out of so many, you know, the Jewish people had so many commandments. And to ask somebody which one is the greatest is to put you in a fix and a tight corner. Perhaps this question must have been motivated by mischief. As Jesus was not unaware of the tricks of the scribes, he quickly referred them to the Shema in Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart and with your whole being and your whole strength. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6, verses 4 to 9. The Shema is, the, is cherished by the Israelites meant to be recited to children daily and talked about at home, abroad, buying on hands, wear on foreheads, written on the doorposts of houses and gates. The place of the Shema cannot be overemphasized. Just as we wear our rosaries, that is the way they used to do it. Write it in significant places in the home, to remind them that the Lord is the Lord alone. They shouldn't have any. 
and they should place him far above any other interest. The command to love Yahweh is considered as fundamental and all-inclusive, all-inclusive stipulations of the covenant. Israel ought to love God above everything, putting God first before everything, before every other thing, and serving him with every atom of being, the body, the soul, heart, mind, and strength, and whatever that promotes God's glory. The second is not far from the first. It hinges on the love of neighbor as yourself. Leviticus 19 verse 18 commanded that Israel, Israel love his or her fellow Jew. But even before Jesus commanded that, the Israelites, the Israelites love his fellow Jew. The command was extended to include resident aliens, as depicted in the story of the Good Samaritan. That is not just loving a Jew, but loving other people that live side by side by you. The love of God and neighbor is like a queen of a queen of two sides. St. John states, if you love God but hate your brother or your sister, you are a liar. For whoever does not love a brother or a sister whom he sees cannot love God whom he does not see. First John chapter 4, verses 20. The Acts of the Apostles clearly said this that they live in community and whatever they had, they shared together. So Aristides describes the first century Christians to be to the Roman emperor. Thus, they love one another. They never fail to help widows. They save orphans from those who will hurt them. If they have something, they give freely to the person who has nothing. If they see a stranger, they take him home and are happy as though he, were, he or she were a real brother or sister. They don't consider themselves brothers and sisters in the usual sense, but brothers and sisters through the Spirit in God. What a warm community that shares their worries, fears, and anxiety with one another. Sad to note that we live in a world with so much hatred and an hatred, animosity, and bitterness among brothers and sisters of the same womb, husband and wife, children and parents neighbors and colleagues in the in same office. What is the cause of all these animosities, bitterness, and hatred? It's not far from jealousy, envy, backbiting, resentment, hatred, frustration, fear. The only antidote to all this is love. Today, Jesus greets us with the message of love of God and love of neighbor. Hatred, 
when they talk of hatred, if you have not experienced it, it looks very strange. But when you encounter people that hate you and they will speak bad of you, but the good thing is that they are not your God. God is in heaven. And he is the one that lifts his servant when he wants to lift him. The love we are talking about today is genuine and unconditional and sacrificial love. A love that has no string. It's not the love that uh, the young boys and the young girls will talk about as we will just hear now. That the girl said to the boy, do you love me? And he said, yes, my dear. Would you die for me? He said, no, mine is an undying love. Do you love me? Yes, I love you, my dear. Will you die for me? He said, no, my love is undying one. It's not to die for you, no. We need to cultivate love and feel wherever we live with its fragrance. It takes the heart that knows and possesses love to give love to any other person. Like the Latin adage will say, Nemo that caught non habet, that you cannot give what you don't have. We need to cultivate it in the heart. You can't give what you don't have. I can't give what I don't have. We are all products of love. Every person here is a product of love, of a father and a mother. As a result of love, we came to being. It is in the family that love begins. It is the family that love is taught. Everything revolves around the family. And therefore, I used to say to parents, you must ensure that your children are loving. What you can give to your children is that love. And they must exude it. And you must see it live in them. If you see your son always frowning or your daughter always frowning, ask the person what is wrong. You don't supposed to look like that. A smile, very cheap, but it's very expensive for many people. You can't see somebody smiling, always frowning. And if you see your son always frowning, ask him what is wrong with you. He's supposed to be a smiling person. And love is a gift from God. God is love. Freely he has given us love. And we're supposed to give each other love. What we owe to each other is love. Love. Mother Teresa will say, as you will hear now, the century of our own time, the, the scent of our own century. St. Teresa of Calcutta observed that the greatest disease in the world today is not tuberculosis or leprosy. It is the attitude of being unwanted, uncared for, unloved by those who live in the slums, the fringes, and then the ghettos of our human society. Many in the world today are dying for lack of love. There is a great hunger for love, the only cure for loneliness, Despair and hopelessness is love. Many are longing for love. 
I schooled back in Nigeria in a place called Port Harcourt. I encountered two ladies. One was working in the bank. The other one was working with an oil industry. But all of a sudden, tragedy never spares people. The one working in the bank had struck and couldn't work again. And the one that was working in the oil industry was involved in a ghastly motor accident. And that let her paralyzed for life till now. Chatting with her the other day, she said she was in the hospital for good two months. She had a problem with her friend who used to visit her, give her money to do a few things. The friend ceased coming to, the, to see her. And when I came to the house, she started expressing it, crying that she loves him. But he refused coming again. He doesn't know why. It tells us the level of desire for love everybody needs. And sometimes we see people, we think they don't need love. Especially those that are suffering. They need us by themselves. They need to see us smiling and talking to them. A lot of people, they come to the church, they feel the warmth of people. As soon as they go back home, they are alone. Coming to work here, and the first time I stay in a place that I... I don't even know my neighbors. I don't know who lives next door to me. That you have to catch yourself in that one house. You come and do your, go back there. Very, very serious. Unlike Africa. That you know, the members of your community, you can enter this house, no to the next house. The fences are not even there. Love must be exuded. We must express love in our workplaces everywhere. And most times when we tear people with our mouths, you say things that are not there. God in heaven is looking at us. God is love. Because he is love, the rains fall on everybody. Everybody's farm. God does not segregate against anyone. Because he is love. Because of love, he dies on the cross. And even the second reading says it very, very well. He offered his life once. And that he is waiting for people that will call upon him to mediate on their behalf. He puts us online with God. As far as our needs are concerned. For the Levitical priest, he offers his offerings regularly for his own sin and for the sins of others. But this priest, the high priest, offered this once on the cross and he doesn't need to offer it anymore. Because of love, he offered himself on our behalf. If we are loving, we'll be charitable and be guarded in what we say about other people. We'll not crucify them with our mouths tongue lash people say what we want to say but we are not their gods God decides and God knows who is good and who is better 
if we are loving, will be guarded with what we say. And then finally, Mahatma Gandhi appreciated the beauty of Christianity and often gave it at his belief that Christianity could play an important role in uplifting of India. He made some pointed suggestions for Christians that will make their work easier and can be taken as a basis for examination of conscience by all concerned. First, he said, I will suggest that all you Christians should begin to live like, more like Jesus Christ. And we should be carbon copies of Jesus. No difference between the Christian and then the Christ himself. Secondly, I would suggest that you practice your religion without adulteration. Adulteration of religion, we turn it to be what we want it to be, not what it's supposed to be. And thirdly, we should make love central in our lives, for love is central, is central in Christianity. Love should be like our common denominator. Above all, love of God, horizontal, vertical, and love of brother and sister as ourselves. When there is love, the backbiting, insults, and others will pour on and heap on people will be reduced to the barest minimum. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanneaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.